Hello and welcome. My name is Clina Foley and this is Off the Bench, a women's sport podcast, which we hope will educate and entertain sports fans of all ages and genders. Uh, we cover female athletes, teams, their issues in Ireland and abroad. And you can find all our previous editions on offtheball.com. Go into their podcast series links and you'll find Off the Bench there and all our previous ones. We also have a Twitter account. It's at Off the Bench OTB. That's capital OTB at the end. So if you have any suggestions or feedback, we'd love to hear it there as well. Now, on this date, exactly 15 months ago, exactly this date, we invited three players from an Irish team who were going to the World Cup into studio. We thought, imagine an Irish women's team competing in a World Cup. That's an amazing achievement as it was. And it was the first time in 16 years. So we said, come in, tell us about yourselves. Holy moly, we had no idea what was going to kick off. Um, What transpired was amazing. They were the first Irish team, uh, field team, to contest a World Cup final. They came home with silver medals. They are household names now, most of them, which is fantastic, we believe. And they're now about to embark on the next huge journey, um, the next biggest test for them, really, as a team. So they're on the cusp of something new. We're here to talk to them today, and it's three members of the Irish women's hockey team. On my left is uh, Nikki Daly. In the middle is Sarah Hawkshaw and down at the end there is Lena Tice. Welcome to Off the Bench, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for having us. It's fantastic to have another women's hockey team in because the last time we had really, Nikki, we had no idea what was going to happen. Um, and one of the things we're really curious about is you are back, you've got an Olympic, your final chance to make the Olympics in November 2nd and 3rd yeah. in Dublin. What has changed for you as a team and I suppose as personally as well since then. And we'll start with you, Nikki. Tell us what's changed for you as a team. Um, I, I don't know if a whole lot has really changed in terms of like what our end goal is. You know, the, the goal is always to get to an Olympics. You know, every time you start a cycle, it's a four-year cycle. Um, and everything that you do leading up to the Olympic qualifier is progression. It's the, the stepping stones to getting there. So in terms of our end goal, I don't think that's really changed. Obviously, we're definitely a team with a lot more confidence now um, after what we did last year. And, you know, for us, you know, qualifying is the number one thing. That's the next thing in our sights. Um, And we try not to get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, And so everything that we do now, we prepare the same way. Um, But, yeah, I think just the level of confidence that we have probably in ourselves as players and in the team itself um, and um, especially now that we have a new coach, he's yeah. brought this new kind of attacking uh, element to our game and he just wants to see us going forward, going forward. And, I, and, you know, he's only been here a couple of months and already you can see it in the way we play. Like, we are scoring more goals. We are looking more So attacking. it's a much more... You've changed your style of play, basically, which is really interesting yeah. and really challenging for any team. And that's Sean Dancer. He was the ex-New Zealand coach and he has come to take you over. Um, but, but, but first of all... When when I talked to that team back then, to the three players back then, you were part-timers, right? And that was how, you know, your World Cup fairy tale ever went. Well, they're part-timers. They're not paid. They're, they don't have a decent system. They're up against all these teams that are have multiple millions going into them. So even from that point of view, how have you changed them? Well, how has your support system changed for you as players? Yeah, I, I think after the World Cup, we, we definitely did get a, a lot more support and you know, there's, I suppose we have to mention our sponsors that have come on board and Softco and particularly Park Developments who have actually made, you know, that transition into a semi-professional programme. So explain that to us because because you got this new deal during the year and it was basically sold to us as 
sort of it would allow some of you to train as semi-pros if you like how, how does it work yeah so park developments basically wanted to be able to support the athletes um, and to allow us to train on a more regular basis together also to allow us to to work part-time but then when we did go in, come into training that that would be then you know um uh, not subsidized but you know it's not going to cost you anything. yeah exactly right. and and so that was brilliant to, for them to come on board and support that. And we've gone now to uh, a setup where we train on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday every single week. All of um, you? Yeah, yeah all, all days. days. Fantastic. So Sunday, Monday, <coughs> Tuesday, every week? Every week. Right. And then, you know, it gives people time then to go to college Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or go to work on a Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. So how does that work individually for you? Like, what are you working at, Alina? Are you a student? I'm a student. So I'm a part-time student in uh, UCD. So, like... It's grand for me, you know, because I don't have that many hours in college, but, you know, you're essentially at work mm -hmm. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, which right, is yeah. just, it's awesome that we can even say that. And Sarah, what about you, workers? Do I'm just coaching at the moment, so I'm kind of haven't gone into the... Never say just again. coaching. Yeah. <laughs> the most important people. You're very, very important people. We always talk on this about why we don't have more women yeah. coaches in all sport. Yeah. So you're coaching, you're still studying, Nikki? Well, I just started the Go Girls Karting Initiative. Um, so you're working for full time in a motorsport? Motorsport Ireland, kind of, yeah. Brilliant. Well, we'll talk Our about that later. Yeah. Okay. So this allows you to come and train three days a week. Um, and you're obviously always doing other stuff as well and have weekends and everything. Well, do you stay collectively? How does it work? Where do you, where do you all come from your own places and then go into the same place? Yeah, we, we come together on a Sunday. Um, we were training in UCD for a good part of it. And then we moved out to Abbottstown when the pitch got um, laid. Uh, the kind of the out-of-towners, as we call them, the girls from the north and the girls yeah. from the south, they come up and they, they'll stay in a hotel in, out in the Clayton in Leopardstown. Right. And then we'll get together on the Sundays and the Mondays in the hotel. We do yoga on a Monday morning yeah. together. Do you? Yeah. 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 Uh, wow. we, we, take, we have all our meetings there, our lunches, yeah. um, kind of all our preparation yeah. bits. And then we travel all together to the pitch. Right. do our session and then and then less people think you're just training Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday I presume there's other stuff going on as well yeah but yeah, we have regional trainings usually on Thursday or Friday right. and then we've started adding in an inter-squad game on Thursdays as well as much right. as we can so getting as much people together as so we can that's a big step up from what happened before the World Cup which was uh, camps every so often and then an extended camp early beforehand so that's a big step up already yeah, yeah massive yeah. massive yeah and I know sponsors um, Saba you've got so you've got another new sponsor Safco came on six weeks only before the World Cup and have been really renewed the contract have been really loyal to you and have been a huge factor mm -hmm. um, Saba lovely Thai food uh, but we particularly love I mean sometimes I say if you get a good sponsor and you get a great image it's a hugely important thing and um uh, I love the Sabbath sponsorship and again so you're eating well as well obviously you've got lots of nutrition and good stuff going very well on yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we get so we get like Sabbath after trainings you know we're flat out eating pad thais at the moment so, um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not complaining though yeah it's, it's brilliant and we were over there the other day for like a big kind of sort of a corporate lunch we got to sit and kind of meet some of their big customers and, right. and just get yeah. to know the staff so it's pretty yeah, cool it yeah nice. they're very like much they're very present at everything so Great. you know Paul comes down and he's there at the end of our training to give us our dinner after training and stuff and 
you know, it's it's brilliant to have a, a food sponsor come on board because, you know, straight after training and matches, it's exactly what you need to have yeah, yeah, right yeah. there and then. Yeah, and so many and female athletes have to take care of their own nutrition and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Well. So, yeah, so, no, they've been, they've been great. They've been so such a great support. So that's a big change, really, in your lifestyles. Has it, like, you weren't there, Sarah, before, so we'll ask one, Lena, does it make, has it made your lives easier and does it mean that you can train more efficiently and better as a team? Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest thing is that because we're all together and all our sessions are together we're not really playing for our clubs at the moment so, you know everything's monitored um, so you know it keeps your risk of injury lower and it just means that when you're on the field you know you're going 100% and I think we'd probably all agree in saying that it's actually the hardest training we have Is ever it? done yeah. and you know God. I don't think we, we couldn't train <laughs> I heard yeah. a groan there Nick. yeah like <laughs> oh my gosh you'd be you'd be you know hanging on by a thread at the end but um you know, we couldn't have done that before because we just didn't we didn't have the time to recover because you're like oh, rushing yeah. off to work or yeah. you're training in the evening. Cross town, all yeah. That so yeah, like Sean way, came way in and he basically colour coded the training weeks and what they look like. So, you know, a green week is less loading so that's like the lightest loading that you're going to do yeah. Yeah. orange then ramps up and then red is like 100% loading but it's I'm like pretty sure traffic lights. Yeah. I'm he, pretty sure it's colour blind though yeah he, there's no difference yeah. between oh. red and green like I might send him for a test <laughs> really it's there are different shades yeah, of red yeah. Yeah. So. it's funny and I remember talking to um, Joe Smith before they went the rugby team went away and they were saying that sessions that they were doing were just the hardest they've ever physically yeah. done but yeah. that's what you have to do yeah. no it's, it is and it, yeah. to be honest it really makes the games and you feel way more prepared for when you step up because I think that's always something that with maybe club hockey here in Ireland when you go to jump up to international yeah. level it's such a, a climb yeah. um, but the training that we're doing now definitely prepares us more the, for the games are the easy part yeah, yeah. they are forward to like them. we'd all agree in saying that <laughs> and it's that's interesting it I even listen to stuff about the Rugby World Cup at the moment that's what they're saying about the English that's what they're saying about the All Blacks that the players are saying we look forward to the games because it's easier than the training. Yeah. It's a very interesting psychology mm. and it's interesting that he has, he's bringing that psychology yeah, yeah. from his New part Zealand of the world. Thing. It must be New Zealand. <laughs> it could be a New Zealand thing, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I think, it, like, so much has changed for you, if you like, that way. And yet so much, I think, has stayed the same as well, except for the woman in the middle here. Because this is all new to you. So yeah. Tell us about, well, maybe actually first... How you've got? Have you two new two new players or three new players in the squad now for this Olympic qualifier? Four, four. Uh, yeah, there's a there's three or four. We kind of have a wider squad of what about twenty four? Is it twenty? Yeah, yeah, yeah a wider squad of like twenty four. So there's yeah. probably like, but people who've just come into the squad this year, I think there's probably four or five. Yeah. And Sarah, where were you when the World Cup was on? I was in the states. I remember because I was sitting crying watching it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thing, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, it was. And I actually remember because the stream I was watching it blanked off oh. for the last one v one. And I jump in. There. Yeah, the thing you just <laughs> missed it. It completely went black and I missed missed. Uh, so I couldn't see what was happening. Eventually came through, but uh, yeah, I was watching it, not really thinking I'd be here. Really. Today, I always want like I did want to. I wanted to come home and because obviously I played four years in the states. Yeah. Over there went, in college. You went yeah. On the college route. Yeah. And, University uh, of Massachusetts. Yeah, was it? that was it. Um, and so did some of the other girls at Two Bars did it as well who are now in the squad so we had the same kind of route and just sitting there watching then came home and kind of got my shot thanks to Dave Passmore who kind of created Under under 23 right. squad and kind of that led me into it last summer and yeah kind of You've had you've over 20 caps in a year it's extraordinary actually but it probably also reflects how competitive you have and how much games you've been playing this year as well Um 
But you like these two. Motorsport, hockey, hockey, cricket. You've also played other sports, which yeah. is an amazing thing that I, that keeps we keep finding this with top female athletes is that they're multi-sporters a lot of the time. Yeah. Tell us about yours. Uh, I was a big guy head for most of my years. I did a lot of uh, football, a bit of camogie. I've two All-Irelands with Dublin, I think minor and under 16. I was more athletics so I was really my main thing for a while you ran with Clonliffe no I ran with uh, MSB MSB yeah, yeah. Uh, on I, Eamon Coughlin's club yeah yeah I know Eamon well yeah. yeah so I'd run uh, I ran a lot there and I actually remember I was getting just a couple of injuries because I was trying to do that and then I was getting into hockey because I started that in secondary school in Mount Sackville and uh, I think I was maybe seven, 16, 17 and I was just starting to get injuries yeah my shins and stuff were at me and I remember my running coach being t- going to me like are you ever going to be able- are you ever going to run in the Olympics and I was like probably not he goes are you ever going to play hockey and I was like I'd like to and he's like well do that and he dropped me there Charlie he was he was brilliant he was really good but he was very you know straight straight yeah. to yeah, the point is. Wise old man. Yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, he said that to me. And then wise. Here you are in the cusp of possible Olympic qualification. He was right. He was. And you were. Was it it cross country or track? Did you run both or? Eight hundreds were probably my main run, but I did cross country as well. Event, yeah. Yeah. She can run. Yeah, yeah. She can. She can run. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's my next question. Her GPS (laughs) these days. Is that interesting? Yeah, because eight hundred is a real endurance event as well, and that's a brilliant thing to bring into team sport. I think as well. I love the tactical side actually of eight hundreds. I thought they were. It was weird. I. I just lie over my head now. <laughs> I didn't know there was a tactical side to well, running 800 metres. Uh, yeah, no, I'd lie for a while. A lot of elbows. Yeah, no. So, so now all of that is brought into this. So maybe I'm going to ask you a hard question, but what, what has she brought to the squad? Oh, she's like lightning in front of goal. She's got a wicked shot on her reverse and her open side, and your 3D skills are definitely not easy to tackle what's so. 3D skills just getting the ball in the air I think that must come from your camogie yeah, background but, yeah. interesting yeah she's got real striker instincts she has she some, never stops working she yeah, has something sure. called the hawk shot according oh, to God. her American yeah. Never so tell us, this. what's the hog <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is I the best scored thing ever. One reverse goal in the States, <laughs> and they made it into this big. Oh, it's like they the loved tomahawk. the old. Yeah, the tomahawk. tomahawk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Tomahawk. It is. It is. The yeah. It's the back of the stick. Yeah, it was. But it must have been a sensational goal because they christened <laughs> it the hog shot in your I college. I know, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a nice goal. It was. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I haven't heard the end of it since. <laughs> God, now you never will. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you never will. And now, you know, now you know there's camogie and GA in the background yeah. as well. And, and even Sean said that at the thing at the um, SAB event last week. He said that there's so much like influence yeah, of, influence the of games, other sports yeah. in hockey in Ireland. Yeah. It, it helps so much yeah. that like yeah. we, you we can might see them though. You can see a player that's plays why how do you know that because they're just so natural on both sides where hockey's very much one-sided one side yeah dominant um even though you do have the backhand shot but in terms of being able to get the ball in the air make i remember anya connery like oh my god that girl could just switch hands in the middle of a game (laughs) you know the grip was the the wrong way around but she could hit a ball like yeah anywhere you know you can see a player who's played Gaelic and then you can see a player who's played cricket growing (laughs) up you know (laughs) 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 it is funny it gives you that maybe that versatile and that double sidedness that you wouldn't have you lose a lot of the physicality though I went back so when I came back from the States I was like I can't wait to go back into Camo you haven't played it in years 
went back for one training and realised how terrifying of a sport it was. <laughs> one person like pushed me and I was like, okay. <laughs> I remember Stop. doing Mogi once yeah. and I couldn't see a thing inside the helmet. <laughs> I was bobbling on you. So Paul was like, I was like, where is yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. That was... Yeah. And when the helmets came, became compulsory, a lot of people struggled to cope mm, with them. Yeah, yeah. Well. I mean, I really struggled with that now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lena, we'll talk about, because we, we are talking about other abilities and things, you recently got your 100th cap. Congratulations. Thank you. Fantastic. We think we reckon you might be at 103 now. Um, yourself and Zoe Wilson, did you both get it together? Yeah, we did. It was really cool. What Me does that mean? And do you get some special thing and do they give you a cake? You get, I didn't get any cake, so <laughs> it actually wasn't even worth it. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, we get you get like a an actual cap, a special um, cap for it, yeah. and uh, you know you get a card from all the girls and stuff like that, and um, a little thing in the team talk before. So it was a really cool and a day. jersey, and it, oh, I didn't get a jersey. Did oh. you get a jersey? For your hundred cap, yeah. She got a jersey. You I need to get, get a jersey. I'm gonna get onto that now. Yeah, Speak, get straight onto <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, but it was cool because Zoe and I have like she's 22, I'm 21, and we have played together since we were 13. Do you know, we've been. Um, she's from up north, and I'm from Her best buddies. We're yeah. clear. We have and a photo here. I don't know whether we. I don't think we can see it here, but we're going to show it to to whoever's watching. Um, and it shows you when you were, I don't know what age. And I think, is it Alicia McFerrin? Aisha, Aisha McFerrin yeah. is in the same photo. Yeah. What, age, what, what age group were you So there? that would have been under 16. Under 16. So 16. I think I was, I think I was probably, we, me and Zoe were both 14. <laughs> and, and she would, would have been six, 15 or 16. And like, even then, like we were thick as thieves. And I remember us then saying to each other when we were like under 18 and we had just played our under 18 Europeans, we were like, we want to be part of that that really? group that goes to Tokyo. We're like, that's our dream. That's what we want to be a part of. And we just thought the girls were unbelievable. Do you know, the senior girls. And so, yeah, to get it together was pretty cool, pretty special. So. And they are, anybody who was at the return from the World Cup and down on the streets at that famous welcome home will know that they're a bit like, uh, they're a double act in they every are, way, yeah. particularly off the oh, pitch. Yeah, like, you should tell us what they're like off the pitch. <laughs> No, I just remembered when they got their 100 cap, like they did, they came in and they absolutely wrecked the place from day one. <laughs> no, they didn't. They, they came in, they just had so much energy about them and they just brought this young, like, you know, energetic vibe to the team and it's exactly what it needed, you know, and they're probably responsible for, you know, the togetherness of the team, like leading up to the World Cup and just that kind of fun, easygoing, Energy, togetherness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. At, the, at the homecoming in Listers, they, um, Desi Cal from Morty was doing, the, was doing it from the stage, but he actually let, let uh, Zoe and Lena actually introduce and tell us something. Oh about yeah, I mean, they player. love the stage. They, were, they are, they are <laughs> made for the stage. Yeah. Absolutely made yeah. for the stage. Apart graphic. from your hockey activities, yeah. you two definitely need to get a show together. Yeah. Like, definitely. That's good, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you, but you started... You started in sport at elite sport so young because you had already played in the World Cup before you went to the Hockey World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So I started playing. I got capped um, in international cricket when I was 13. So I was barely out of the womb. Like so, <laughs> um, it was young, and and I played then. I had like a five-year career. So um, and then I kind of had to make the choice between the two. Going into my leaving cert year, I was like. 
I can't do both because I have to try and, you know, get into college as well. And then um, I just was like, do you know what, I want to play school hockey and give hockey a go. And then I ended up kind of getting capped well, at the a, beginning of my, the year. So well, You can't see it, but there is a photo we have of you, I think probably one of the Joyce's and somebody else, and you look incredibly young. There's a there's an elephant involved, a mascot. I'm not sure, was that at a World Cup or whatever it was? Oh, yeah, probably, yeah, it was, maybe it was at um, in Bangladesh. Right. I think for a World Cup qualifier, maybe. You were 13 when you played for Ireland Senior. Yeah, yeah. That's extraordinary. Very young, yeah. I know. I suppose just cricket's very different to hockey. You why know? is it so different? Why do, why do and how can um, cricket players make their, make their senior debuts when they're so young? To me, it seems too yeah. young. Almost. I suppose um, the, the pool is smaller, obviously. Right. That's one thing. But also, do you know, your, your physical like strength and stuff doesn't come into play as much. I personally was a spin bowler, so it didn't matter how whether I could, you know, match, you know, these girls physically, that wasn't important. Right. Um I it was just fortunate the timing and then kind of uh what what my actual skill was was a bit niche and at the time they needed that so Right. It was and, cool. and it's a non contact sport as well. I think probably that is a factor in it yeah. as well that you can do it, play senior younger because it is a non contact sport. Yeah. We've a great shot of you up on screen as well, of you spinning and uh, I think probably taking a wicket as well. <laughs> um was it hard to make that choice then? And 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 did the Olympic opportunity make a difference? I was curious. Yeah, it was so hard and I was only you know, I was only seventeen, so to make a call at that age was really difficult. Um and you know, just like the you know the hockey team now you know I loved the cricket girls and you know they taught me loads the Joyce's Claire Shillington Mary Waldron like you know they taught me loads and like they I feel like I kind of grew up in that environment so yeah. to walk away from it was like really tough like and it, it wasn't all smooth sailing just like going yeah. from one to the next um but yeah I've I wanted to go to an Olympics since I was like five years old, not even an exaggeration, really? you know, and I think we probably all have, like, you know, you watch it on TV and I just said, I want to do that, like, and I didn't know what sport that would be in, but... <laughs> you were going to get there. But, yeah. you know, I wanted to go and, you know, I, I, hockey is how we can do it and I absolutely love the game. You're still only 21. Yeah, 21, so... Wow. Yeah. It's amazing, amazing opportunities. Um, Nikki, we just look at your your progress since the hockey World Cup for people who mightn't have kept up with it. So you came home, silver medalist, amazing. The whole country just wowed by you. But I wondered then, with your next results as well, the expectation came on you, and and how did you handle it? And is it possible to retain that sort of joy that you had in in London twenty eighteen? Yeah, I think. Well, the biggest tournament we had since the World Cup was the Europeans this year. Yeah, and it was our we equaled our best finish in the Europeans. Uh, yeah, fifth. But actually, we played probably some better hockey than we had played in the World yeah, Cup. Definitely. So we were really happy with how we came away from the Europeans. In fact, we were actually a little bit disappointed because we did think a semi-final spot was there for us. Um, and you drew with Germany. That was, uh, that was, was that the game that kind of cost you the semi-final uh, spot? I think what probably the English the game. English game was, maybe we... Lost us. Two, we lost it two one two two one. Yeah, two one. Two, but you were two nil down. You came back at them. Yeah, yeah and you had a lot of pressure. We shouldn't have lost that. that. Yeah, that we probably shouldn't have lost that game. So, yeah, I think you know straight after the World Cup, it was a bit of a, a mad couple of months, and then you know we kind of got back into it in in January, and we had a few mixed results. But then you know over the last I'd say four or five months, we've we've just been on maybe another upward 
curve and again. And is that because I remember uh, you had the first your first stage of your Olympic qualifying was up in Banbridge, yeah. and you, you <coughs> flew through your group, and then you met was it Korea or Malaysia in the final? Korea, Korea yeah. in the final, and you lost it. And yeah. I was a bit shocked, and I thought, oh, that's is it, is the pressure getting to them now? You didn't. You had a you, you were you had lost your previous manager, and you were working under assistant manager yeah. if you like at the time. Do you feel you've moved on a lot since then? Yeah, definitely. I think the last like since Bambridge, you know, we got the job done in Bambridge, which is what we, we had, had to make top two to, to keep. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was really important that we just you know got what we had to get out of that tournament, and then you know when since Sean's come come in, it's been very much like his attention to detail and the program has been you know locked in from the minute he's kind of come in that we've kind of known what we're the style of play we're trying to play you know when when the warm-up games are what we're trying to do and then what the focus was for the Europeans and mm. and we just went into the Europeans like really prepared yeah I'd say and the Europeans are so competitive people might know this but the, the top three the medalists at the last Olympics and the medalists at the last World Cup all European, All European teams. Yeah. That's yeah. how competitive yeah. Europe is in hockey at the moment. So you're playing at the very pinnacle of it. And I was interested. Spain made the bronze medals at that, and like you beat Spain in the World Cup semi-finals. It's interesting, and you know them really well. Yeah. So you're two teams that seem to have found your way in the last few years. Just you're, you're up there competing. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. And we were so we were just the wrong side of getting into a, like a medal match in in the Europeans, and Spain were on the right side of it. And it just goes to show that. You know, as competitive as European hockey is, we're right there in the mix of it, mm. um, and that's fantastic because, as you said, it is the most competitive continental yeah. championships yeah, in the world. And he, and I, I noticed he said actually then at the Europeans he said so, sometimes they think about passing before shooting, which is interesting. That was an interesting comment. So he's obviously looking to make you and your your defender looking up the field. Can you yeah. see that that's changing, uh, Leah? Yeah, I think you know we're becoming more kind of cutthroat up there yeah. and we're just you get in in the circle and you just rip it if if you get a chance and that's something we got to just keep building on and we're becoming more and more clinical in there so it's good and it's great to watch I mean I'm a million miles away from the circles so um, but I'm happy back there once the girls are getting it done but I think I think at that central defensive position you read you see the game a lot you actually see the plays a lot you'll see what's going on do you know what I mean you're in a good position to judge how more attacking you're becoming as well and Sarah you're up in the middle of that mm. first goal for Ireland where did you score it? In, we were over in Chile start of the year yeah. on a camp so, yeah I scored against Chile from play? Was, yeah, it was from play. I think it was a touch route. Played the ball in. Night, it wasn't just a hawk shot. No, no it wasn't a hawk shot. Haven't got one of them yet. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're no, saving that for two weeks. She's saving that hawk shot for this amazing, yeah, this big challenge now. It's been good though. Like I think Sean talks a lot about the attacking mentality and he wants every player to have it, not just the forwards. Yeah. So like Zoe was in the circle. Beth was in the circle yesterday and this like there are some of our deep defenders you know yeah. what I mean like he wants every single player to think they are going to score a goal and I think that's something total hockey yeah. I have to make it to the <laughs> you'll get there you get a nosebleed if you get up that fast yeah. don't worry about it so he is this is, the, this is the thing of kind of total hockey you all have to be versatile enough to do and defence turns into attack I'm sure straight away yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. the progression for you now yeah. well it's I mean it, it is obviously really exciting so this is this is the big thing tell us we're going to show a photo here. Uh, Elaine Buckley did this lovely montage um, and a lovely story about your World Cup journey. Uh, and she works for RTE, but she also showed this great photo that we're showing now. And it is the top of the photo is ye at the end of the last Olympic cycle. 
and the bottom of the photo is in London. You know the photo, you know the photo. So explain to people what happened with your last Olympic qualifying, how close you came, Nikki. Um, Yeah, so we, God, we had such a great start to the Olympic qualifying campaign in Valencia in 2015, and we ended up topping our group. But the way that they set up that tournament was different to the World Cup. So when you, in the World Cup, when you came top two, you went straight into a semi-final. Um, Quarterfinal, sorry. So they did it differently in uh, Valencia. So first played fourth in... It was still a quarterfinal, but they yeah you didn't get yeah you didn't get the automatic you didn't get an automatic you didn't get a boost from top yeah. of the group and so we ended up facing China because China had kind of got it wrong on, in their group so they ended up finishing last and at the time I think China were ranked sixth in the world fifth, or, I think fifth, even or maybe. fifth yeah fifth in, in the, the world, world. Yeah. Um, and so we ended up having to play our qualification match against China and actually you know we were we were better than them in full time. Uh, but it went to a shootout and we lost on sudden death penalties against China. By the width of a post, really, yeah. almost in one yeah. the last case, yeah. So I heard people, I've heard, is it true that some of you, you went back to Valencia later on, I think a year, something later on, some, one of your players said to me that she actually shook going back on the same field. Yeah, it was, oh, I mean, we just got so close. I think, you know, we really thought that was going to be the time that, you know, we were going to make it and... It was just devastating, you know, to, to kind of have the run-in that we had had and, you know, the results that we had got. You know, we probably thought we deserved it and we, I think we did deserve it in full time and then to lose it that way is just so hard to take. Yeah. yeah. Changed team, changed management. Then we had the whole build-up three years to get into the World Cup and now we're back at the same spot again. Yeah. Tell us where are you and what's next? I think it's been, like, obviously I've been in the squad for a long time and I've, this will be the third Olympic qualification that I've been to and it's interesting to see the progression because actually for the 2012 Olympics in in London you know we were quite a way off the pace you know in terms of trying to qualify then we got so close in 2015 but actually if you see the progression of the team over the years we definitely are playing like world-class hockey at the minute and so even though we didn't make it in 2015 I actually think it's been sort of the the foundations for you know the progression that we've had to get to this point today and I think the team is at its strongest it's ever been since I've been in it anyway um, and I think that you know we just have to keep going through our preparation these next two weeks are really crucial and then you know the two games come and it's just and to explain to people you've been in camp probably for the last week you played did you play two games in Dublin this week Sarah? Yeah we played Belgium and Korea in, and how uh, do they go? Um like you said, don't ask about them. Yeah, <laughs> probably not as good as Did we you hoped. Lose them? Yeah, we lost both matches. Right. Um, it was four two against Belgium and one nil against Korea. And I'm presuming you're using them as well to try stuff. I mean, that's what they're for. Yeah, they're for that, and they're you know we know they're going to be looking the, our games just like we're seeing their games. So yeah. there's always that in don't the back of everyone's minds. Away, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so. And then where do you go from from literally from Monday or to, where are you heading to next? We're heading out to Germany for a few trainings, and we play Germany twice next week. So we're out from Sunday until Friday. Top class opposition. Yeah, real quality stuff. And then back, and then Lena, the two games. When are they on? Second and third of November in Energy Park. So. In Donnybrook, um, in Donnybrook, which is yeah. fantastic because it gives, first of all, the capacity for six thousand, which is the biggest crowd you'll have ever played against on a home at a home venue, yeah. and they're doing something special with the pitch. Yeah, so they're kind of flying in a, a turf and laying it down, 
Um, and yeah, we don't really know what it's going to be like, I suppose. In that way, there's a little bit of anxiety around it for us. See what but, it's going to be like to play. Um, you know, it's so exciting. It'll be an unbelievable spectacle, you know, and I think that alone will get people along. They'll probably just like, we want to see a hockey match in Donnybrook. Do you know, all they've watched... See, they want to see the Ireland team play. Oh, oh, all they've watched is Blackrock play Michaels, you know, <laughs> down there. So this, this will be a better spectacle, do you know. Um, but it's, it'll be unbelievable. And uh, I think, you know, the home support, we really thrive off that. Um, oh, and I, yeah. Even in London, you know, when you think back... It was it, like a home venue. It was like a home venue, yes, and I think yeah, yeah. it was a massive, you know, boost for us, and it will be a massive boost and for us. And there is something about the Irish support. It's very passionate, it's very loud. I really do think it's it could the be... Bandwagon. Great. <laughs> the bandwagon. Honestly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're great ones for it. But, but also, Irish, Irish supporters are always vocal. Like, they make noise. Yeah. They're, you know they're yeah. there, no, don't they? they do, yeah. yeah. And I think... Like hopefully we'll get a good, you know, bit of support out for the games, and I think ticket sales are actually Going doing really well, well at the minute. They're reportedly very good. I checked yeah. today with um, Irish Hockey just to check. There are tickets still available. The stands are sold out for both yeah. games, which is a great start. Yeah. And I, I think they're probably a great crowd. And just to anybody who's listening as well, they need help. Would you believe in? taken up and putting down the pitch. They're looking for Irish vo- hockey volunteers to help with this actually on the 27th and the 28th and then after the matches as well. So if you're around and you want to give an hour of your time to actually help physically, it's just an amazing thing. Contact Irish Hockey and check that one out as well. But it's two games. It's an extremely busy weekend sports-wise, but the potential is there for you to get a full crowd in there two days, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, you know, um, looking at the the women's soccer team, you know, I was at the match a couple yeah. of weeks ago. They got a great crowd out. and Record crowd again. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of talk around the the qualifier. There's a lot of talk around any of the, the kind of female matches going on that, you know, I think there was a record crowd at the ladies' All-Ireland final this year as well. Yeah. So, you know, we're hoping just to... Push it up all yeah, the time. Exactly. Well, this is a unique event because this is the first time ever you've, you have a home advantage and this is your, your two-game shot for them. Yeah. Tell me, um, what are Canada like? Where, where do they rank? And how, when did you last play them? Um, I think they're ranked about 15th at the 15th, minute, are they? Yeah. Um, but they are probably a little bit better than what their ranking suggests. I think they're quite a physical team. Um, would be similar in, in ways, I yeah. think, to Canada. Um, they're obviously extremely passionate as well. And, you know, they've never been to an Olympics, so they're, they're yeah, hungry to go. They have exactly the same motivation that you Exactly. Have. So they, they've definitely been on the rise over the last couple of years. Uh, we've played them before the World Cup last year, didn't we? Yeah, I think we played them three times, three or four times before the World Cup last year, but not since. Right, yeah. as warm-up games kind of for you. All right, yeah. so yeah. at least you're familiar with them, which is good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but they've definitely... Changed the team. Probably. They've grown a lot. Like, yeah. they're they're centralised actually over in Belgium. So they all play their ho- club hockey in Belgium and Holland. Wow. And they train over there. So, do you know, like, they've given up a lot of their lives, which means they'll be absolutely gunning for it, just yeah. like and us. They, and they're together then. That's yeah. an interesting one, because that is a factor. That does help, definitely. Yeah, 100%. You know, we certainly won't be um, underestimating them, no. that's for no, sure. No, and we'll remember as well that G went into the World Cup ranked 15th of that tournament. Yeah. And it means nothing at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 In, in knockout games, anything can happen, that's for sure. Um, before you walk out in Dybrook to those two big games, uh, pre-match routines, what do you do? Sarah? Do you have something special that you do? No, I don't really have a pre-match routine. None at all? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> so laid back. <laughs> really, is she? Just kind of a... Back, yeah. 
classic yeah, I don't. I don't talk a lot. I go quieter, I think, before. I get Like, if I'm nervous, I get quiet a bit. And I like to kind of be by myself for a little bit. But I, I wouldn't have a particular thing that I do. I feel like, lady, you might have more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine's pretty, like, strict. Yeah. Um, my pre-match routine. I have a double espresso in the sheds before. And I have to wear my... Um, I wear these fluffy pair, pair of sliders... <laughs> Uh, that's Zoe got for me and they have my name on them and if I don't go to the game and then then it's probably not going to be a good day um, and I don't know I do a few I read my notes do a few readings listen to some music it's all, it all goes in like you have a very strict an, an order and then eventually I get up and, and do some dancing before I head out there is dancing um, there's yeah. always dancing Daily's I think you usually leading that are you leading the dancing that's an absolute really lie <laughs> all I need before a match is a good 40 minute nap really is that it's really yeah. how people react yeah. do, you, do, you, do you sleep yeah I, how do you do that during I just not that hard believe it or not <laughs> just close my eyes and siesta yeah okay, so you will be somebody I would, would you would put like head, it, the towel it, over your head and go down somewhere and lie down just a bit of downtime before the game yeah yeah like to just lie down close my eyes go to sleep for a bit it's fascinating yeah. what, what how all characters and teams do mm. different things we were in the institute the sport institute just there before our game the other day and I just went round the corner and like we were just about to head over to the gym <laughs> and Daly was just like snoring on the bean, <laughs> snoring on the beanbag I was like oh for goodness sake every snoring is a bit of an exaggeration pull yourself <laughs> <laughs> pull, pull yourself together. Every physiologist <laughs> says it's important. Napping, cat napping works brilliantly for mm. the body. So but you're it, able to do it. Not everybody's able to do it. It's oh, very I, nice yeah, I don't have very much trouble. A lot of works for us. You mm-hmm. also, you also are quite spiritual. Um, yeah. I've noticed you have. You put a cross on. Yeah. You put a cross on your arm. Yeah, I do. So tell us about that side of you because I just know you as this bubbly person, but there's a very deeply religious side to you as well. Yeah, so I'm a Christian and. Uh, you know, it's the biggest part of my life, definitely. And, you know, all the girls would kind of know about it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just for me, it, it kind of means that my perspective is a little bit different. You know, when it comes to sport and everything, it's not the number one, you know, like my faith is the number one. So, really? yeah, I mean, I don't always get it right. And that's probably not obvious a lot of the time, definitely. Um, but, you know, when I when I do kind of settle myself and think about it clearly, you know, I... That's kind of the order of things for me. And would so. you pray before games? Yeah. yeah, so actually when I say I do my readings, like I'd, I'd just read a few verses before I head out. The Bible? Yeah, just to kind of settle myself and I'd have my cross, yeah, on my wrist. So. And do you follow an, an orthodox religion of one kind or is it just... Uh, um, no, I wouldn't put a denomination on right, myself. I, right. I would just call myself Christian. I, I go to a kind of a non-denominational Christian church in Dublin, so... I wouldn't say, uh, you know, I'm a Protestant or I'm a Presbyterian right, or whatever. Right. I'm just a Christian. So. Interesting. So that's that gives you some additional strength, you feel, or mental uh, strength? Or? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to go out and play better or I'm going to win any games. But I right. think, um, you know, it gives you a, a, a different perspective, hopefully, or at least when I'm thinking straight, it does. So. Yeah, or a perspective on the world sometimes, I think, as yeah. well. Yeah, It doesn't help you, obviously, in the Scrabble stakes. Well, because clearly the I didn't think you were going to bring this champion up. Is sitting in the room. Thank you, Kleena. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually not Scrabble. It's a it's a different form of the game. Yeah, um, and funnily yeah. enough, it was my first time ever playing it as well. So, <laughs> they, they say this form of the game plays into the hands of those more experienced in life. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What is this weird form of Scrabble? Is there is there a team? Is there a team competition going on? It's called Take Two, and it's like 
my family game version of Scrabble. I mean, we say we made it up, but probably everyone plays it because it's so basic. But um, I just introduced... All you need to know is that I'm the reigning champion. You're the reigning Irish and national senior hockey team yeah, champion. International, global, international whatever. Global, yeah. 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 She actually did. She left me for Undefeated. <laughs> Undefeated champion. I think the shock of it actually was, <laughs> yeah, was terrible anyway. Yeah. But we'll play again. I'll we all know Lena hates pieces. losing, so... It's yes. so easy to wind her up now. Yeah. And how, Sarah, where would you put yourself on the competitive scale, one to ten? Uh, a good seven. I'd say quiet eight. Yeah. She played Scrabble with us. How'd you get on, actually? Not very well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not very well. Okay. Um, but, but being in a team situation, like, you know, I always think that teams obviously have a team motivation, but like strikers usually forwards usually have a lethal streak in them do you have that yeah i'd like to think i do uh you yeah. have to mark her in training i presume sometimes do you? oh she has a lethal streak yeah <laughs> <laughs> how physical she's physical but she's quick and i'm slow so um do you know Smart, she gets her, yeah i've take i've take the fat man's track don't i but <laughs> if, if i don't get that right you know she's in on goal and she doesn't miss she doesn't miss often so no, no. So this is exciting for you, this, this because they've played in World Cup, but yeah. then you're in, you're in this huge big game as well. Yeah, no, it's so exciting, like watching them play and even just training with them since and coming in, like, like it's been seamless though. You've taken to it, like as in you've come into the team seamlessly. Taken and to it like a duck to water. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Lena. <laughs> no, she has though. Like <laughs> she, you know, you you yeah. have blended in and and has the American experience that that collegiate, you know, that whole thing. Did that help you to to move into a team seamlessly? Yeah, I think so, because you kind of go over there, you know, by yourself oh, and no. throw yourself into it. And yeah. it's so easy when you do something like that and you're going and you're playing hockey or you go and do go away and play sport because you're straight away, you have a group of people that you can get to know and rely on and play with and stuff. I suppose coming back in, it was it was a little bit, not intimidating, but coming into a World Cup. So I remember, like, I they were so, it's like, very difficult. yeah, like yeah. learned so much from even the first few weeks of training. And you kind of, you do feel out of your depth for for a while but like I, I like they never really like as soon as I came in there was never they didn't keep on dwelling on the World Cup and stuff and they really? easily could have and it was straight away you come in they were like we're looking at the Olympics this is what we want that was great this is what we want now and it it did help make you feel part of the bandwagon and not yeah. kind of like just thrown in and kind of on the side of it so or really trying was, to join on to something yeah, yeah. You're, in, you're in with them with the new focus yeah That's interesting. but it was yeah. Uh, yeah. God it was a very inspirational bunch to come into after having such a great summer beforehand. Oh, imagine, I could just Hope's imagine. Like, you made your impact from the start there, like straight away yeah. she came in and everyone was like, flip, like, How do you stop her? <laughs> yeah. But straight away scoring goals and training, like, yeah. and then making big impacts in the game. So when you do that, like, yeah. it's easy enough to it's sell easy for them the squad, to I'd put say. their arm around you and say, come yeah. on, you're with us. Um, Nikki, before we finish, please tell us a little bit about um, Formula Female, obviously, we know is an initiative that you started because you have a huge passion for and involvement with motorsport. But you've also got involved with something called Go Girls Karting. We're showing uh, a, a photo now at the moment as well. Um, this is really exciting and mm. you're actually working on this project now full time outside of hockey. This is your this is your new thing. Yeah. Tell us about it. Um, so it's just an initiative that I I suppose when I worked in the States and I uh, studied in England, there wasn't that very many girls in my class or, you know, working in the team that I thought, you know, I want to try and encourage more girls to get into motorsports. So I came up with the Go Girls Karting Initiative and it's basically a roadshow of experience days around Ireland, um, introducing girls from 13 to 16 years of age 
bringing them out to the local go-kart track, giving them the experience of driving, but then also using motorsport as a platform to teach STEM education. Which is fascinating. This is a brilliant idea. So, so science, technology, engineering, engineering and maths, maths the STEM yeah. subjects oh. which we say girls aren't involved in enough, mm-hmm. and we wonder how can we change this. And this has a link to it. Explain. Yeah, so I suppose motorsport, there's... You know, it's the pinnacle of STEM education, yeah, really, like absolutely. science, technology, engineering, and maths, and they do it at such a high level. So, um, what I did was came up with exercises that are motorsport exercises, but they have a STEM uh, background to them. So, things like the maths exercises, they use a maths equation to figure out the fastest line around a racing track, Brilliant. and that's the line called the racing line that they follow. Um, another one is they build a data logger and they can wire up a temperature sensor and see live data from the temperature sensor in the wherever they are like if they're outside or inside right. they see it live then on the laptop and it just kind of i suppose showing them science in brings, use in yeah action. and it's like translating that theory into something that's real and something that's fun so it's uh just a different way of of and you've got, you've, you've got great funding for it you've got 35 grand from sport ireland and yeah. you've got equivalent funding as well so we had, yes, it was um, women in sport funding from Sport Ireland that we got through Motorsport Ireland. And then Team Ireland is another branch of Motorsport Ireland, which is um, backed by a guy called John Campion. He's from Cork. He's an Irish expat living in New York, and he's really passionate about Irish motorsport and actually helping the young Irish drivers, the careers of young Irish drivers, but also helping to grow motorsport at grassroots level right. so he's been he's been fantastic he came on board he supported us um financially and yeah so here we are so with how that. if people are listening or watching this and saying oh i'd love my my girl she's 13 to 16 she's in school how well, how do, do her school get involved or how do we know about it? how do you do it we have a website formulafemale.org and on motorsportireland.com uh, there's a sign up page on both of those websites and we ask the schools to sign up on the kids' behalf because we need the school to okay it if yeah, they want to, of to send the kids out. So we do have a sign up sheet on the website. Have you been um, to schools already? Yeah, we've had two days down in Cork, uh, down in Watergrass Hill, which is an outdoor track. And we brought along the current 2019 Munster Karting Champion and the 2019 Tully Allen, Tully Allen Karting Champion. Her name's Kaylee Cole. She's the only girl in her, in her class that she races in. And she only took the sport up two years ago. Wow. So we brought Kaylee down. She did a few demo laps um, around Watergrass Hill in her racing cart. And the girls were just absolutely blown away. So it's trying to bring that visibility of, you know, the yeah. current role models as well. And trying to tie it in with everything that, that the 20 by 20 campaign is doing as well. Fantastic. So. Fantastic. So um, it's, it is a gateway. It's a gateway into motorsports. Yeah, karting is. Yeah. So that's the start for them. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was looking at the numbers over a thousand. You're hoping to get uh, over a thousand. Oh, hopefully about a thousand and eighty girls we hope to reach all over the country. So we've got different tracks dotted around the country that we're hoping to go to. And then all the schools within a sort of a 10 mile radius of those. To come in and get, come in and, and get it. So goodness yeah. knows what we could get from that that's just brilliant yeah well, that's the thing i mean they've they just launched a, a brand new women and a women only series called the w series in in, in england yeah tell us about that actually i was curious about that so it's it's a women's only it's a women's series. only series now there's a bit of you know different opinions about it you know the fact that it's women only and it's segregation and things yeah, like and that it, but is, are you siloing it the only people actually accuse us of that as well yeah, yeah but actually it's providing opportunity and they just ran the first year of it this year and I mean I didn't know half the, the females that were driving in it until this year 
and since running the championship all those girls have got other opportunities to race in other series as well brilliant you know that's helping their own careers to progress so yeah it's not you know the w series isn't saying that it wants it to this is the way forward that it should be women only they just want to create a platform where they can raise the profile and raise the the careers of these women that exactly are in the sport exactly what we're trying to do here and, yeah. and off the bench and what, what i think 20 by 20 is doing as well is give people yeah. a platform let's give it give it more publicity let's see who's who what is what the take-up is and let's see where it takes yeah, us exactly There's so no i'm all for it and i hope that one day we'll see a young irish driver get into Wouldn't it that be amazing yeah. and what what uh, formula what size are you know it's what's a the formula three car formula three yeah cars. so wow. it's Brilliant. it's pretty quick and it's got a lot of aero on it as well so you got to be you know you have to be fairly experienced to drive it and you know you have to be a good driver as well so it right. does test the driving abilities and you know the skill and so the racecraft that's where these girls are starting our karting someday that's what they could be aspiring yeah. to dream big dream big so. I tell you guys um, I was coming in today and I met a guy he works for the GA he used to work with me um, and he said to me I told him I was coming in and you were coming into the studio and he said God he said um, he has a 10 year old daughter and uh, he, he, he said last week she said to him dad it's not women's sport it's just sport mm-hmm. and I thought isn't that amazing 10 years of age she said that and he was blown away and he went oh my goodness she plays um, she plays for Aunt Harris she plays GA um, and that is so exciting to hear young girls thinking like that um, and just imagining where that's going to take them but they probably wouldn't be there and there'll be loads of girls playing hockey I saw Ennis Ennis started a hockey club yeah. recently yeah. not a place that has a tradition of hockey yeah. um, and that's because of you so uh, you have been role models. You're really visible now, thanks to your success. And we hope increased success um, will continue to do that kind of thing. So it's just fantastic for us um, and for, for you. It's a hectic weekend, the 2nd and 3rd of November. We always like to tell our listeners what else is going on. Um, Katie Taylor, she is fighting already the undisputed world champion at lightweight. She's fighting to become a second weight champion. So she has a fight in Manchester on this, the night of the second, actually. So after year, after year, after going to follow you, people can then go and watch her if they haven't already gone to Manchester. Um, so it's a really hectic weekend for Irish women's sport. Um, and, and let's hope it's a brilliant one for you all. And just because we're finishing up now, um, the women's rugby team also a week later have their only home uh, autumn international this year. Um, it's in the UCD Bowl on November the 10th against Wales. So again, when, when, when we've recovered after they've qualified for the Olympics, then we go and we follow the women's, uh, the women's rugby team. So look, guys, um, we really wish you the best of luck. We're so delighted to have you back. It's such a coincidence that it happens to be on the same date, October the 18th, that it was. Um, in July I think it was in 2018 so let's hope that's a good omen Um, thanks so much to Nikki to Sarah to Lena for coming in and best of luck guys thanks very much you can find all our previous episodes as I said on Off The Bench Um, you'll find it in offtheball.com and then go into their podcast links and you'll find the uh, Off The Bench series there Um, and again any feedback we'd welcome to it at Off The Bench on Twitter Off The Bench OTB capital OTB Um, until then uh, enjoy your sport and take care